dystopian fiction has been moved to current affairs. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Dystopian Fiction Has Been Moved to Current Affairs. I'm Claire and I'm here with my co-host Marsha and this week we're going to be talking about The Society which is uh, a one season of a show on Netflix which I think is really interesting but Marsha is going to outline to you why it is also annoying. Would you like to do that now? Um, yes. Uh... It's, it's a show that's sort of a bit of drama, thriller, um, on Netflix, I think it was released 2019, um, mm. and the story revolves around a group of teenagers from um, the town of West Ham uh, in America, and um, they go on this field trip, basically, on a bunch of buses, they leave their hometown, um, but due to a storm, they have to turn back um, and come back home. But when they arrive, something's different. Um, and all of the adults in their town have disappeared, which leaves the teenagers to sort of fend for themselves a bit. Mm. And um, uh, yeah, I think as they sort of explore, the whole entire town is cut off from the rest of the world and none of the geography that was there before was there. So they are completely on their own. And it's sort of, the show explores the sort of establishing of order and how these teenagers try to like um, establish a a government and um, survive in this like new reality and the sort of conflicts and power struggles that happen. Yeah, we were comparing this to sort of stories like um, uh, sort of the Lord of the Flies type premise Mm -hmm. where they're stuck on an island or kind of, you know, some sort of post-apocalyptic existence where only the young survive. But I guess what's different about this is that they're basically, they've got a town with full amenities to some extent. They've still got power. They've still got water. They've still got a closed phone network um, within their, their group, but that's, that's it. So it's not quite the sort of same fight for survival. It's more like if you were stuck in your town, small yeah. town America kind of thing how would this work yeah I, I think we were just sort of discussing a couple of the plot holes really about how <laughs> you know where they get where exactly like, where are they sort of getting the signal from they're able to text each other within this this town and mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of their you know um, ability to communicate and they still get a water supply and electricity mm. supply um the sewage like what what is going on i think they sort of bring in a bit of a supernatural aspect into the show about how they sort of arrived in this altered reality and sort of talking about mm-hmm. parallel universes and mm-hmm. stuff because obviously all these things have changed and you can't really just replicate a whole yeah of- exactly because it's like the forest yeah. has sprung up as though it's like yeah. always been there on the roads and there's the solar eclipse that yeah there's wasn't scheduled and, and so on yeah uh so yeah i mean all of that is sort of slightly unsatisfying especially because it's completely unresolved it culminates to nothing (laughs) yeah all we have at the end is that like peter pan reference you know the idea that of of, uh uh, wendy um and the darlings coming back home Mm -hmm. and that being kind of kind of red and there's just a board of names of missing missing kids but we don't yeah we don't get anything satisfactory and it would appear we never will because 
there is now no, not going to be a season two. So yeah, we're left wondering about this. Although, however, I have heard there's a graphic novel in the making, but um, I think that's... Good to hear. Well, I'm glad somebody will try and sort of um, uh, give us a bit of a, a, yeah, a lead on where we think this is going. I mean, it'd definitely be interesting to sort of find out what happens, but uh, in terms of its exploration of a dystopia, I think it's pretty good. It is. It, it's, it sort of does something I think that not many other things do because it is this kind of starting from scratch, but not just sort of, you know, living if, in the woods or whatever. Um, it's actually, you know, these people who are, it's a bit of a coming of age thing because these are sort of um, people uh, on the point of, of graduating high school for the most mm -hmm. part, you know, the sort of upper years of, of American high school. Yeah. Um, so there's that kind of them having to grow up and be adults, but also the idea of them basically being stuck with the same people that they've lived mm. with, like their whole entire lives. Yes. So, I mean, one of the things that obviously we see is over the course of 10 episodes, we see the kind of like point of realisation that something is wrong through mm -hmm. to the sort of realising that actually there's only so much food available and the idea that they actually have to have a sort of sustainable existence so there's kind of that that's the sort of narrative trajectory i suppose of the whole thing um but essentially the first thing that that happens is that they all have a massive party yeah. <laughs> everybody it. gets sort of drunk and stained and like yeah. passes out in the church and yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah um so realistic response to yeah no i'd say no no yeah. supervision you know going yeah. Um, yeah yeah no i uh it's sort of i guess the aftermath of that where everyone sort of it, it sets in that no one's coming to get them and that mm. their parents aren't aren't coming back uh mm. that is yeah it's a sort of that penny for me doesn't drop until <laughs> emily dies Oh yeah, you know, yeah. know that that's that's the moment. Um, so they set out on a an expedition to try and see what you know what's in or beyond these woods. Um, and one of the the girls in the group is uh, bitten by a snake, has an allergic mm -hmm. reaction, goes into anaphylactic shock and dies. Um, yeah. And there's nothing that anyone can do about it. And I don't think anyone could necessarily have done very much about it, even oh, in no, the normal cool. world. But definitely not in this world where there's, you know, no one to call for, for help. Yeah, you know, they don't um, have, you know, medics. Mm. Uh, they don't have like a constant sort of. I don't know what happens in. I don't know. It's it, it's I don't know. It's a very cool concept. There's a lot to think about. But yeah, um, there's quite a lot of deaths in it. Funnily enough, yeah. And it, it, Sort of permanent thing because I feel like at first all these teenagers are like, oh, that's a bit of a maybe a bit of a prank, and mm. everyone's sort of left, and um, and it's and it I guess it sort of puts into question of you know if these teens do eventually get back to the real world that mm. this sort of event has a sort of ongoing effect on everyone because I mean yeah. you know there's probably a lot of trauma that's developed, but mm. um, I mean should we talk a bit about how? you know leadership is established and absolutely what... yeah because i think from that sort of turning point you know they've mm. been sort of messing around with sort of you know who's telling who to do what and yes. um, so on but um one of the things i suppose that happens is because these you know they've all been in in high school together then mm. you know they've they've got a kind of a social hierarchy yes and a sort the... of school yeah. kind of 
this is the person who's on this committee or yeah. you know, did did um like pre-established you know, cliques you could say yeah exactly and some of that sort of like holds on uh, mm-hmm. like it says each of it, and some of it no longer has any any value yeah um, yeah in terms I mean, of status it is interesting yeah i mean i guess you so well in terms of sort of illustrating that well uh, obviously cassandra who's like one of the main characters and um, the sister of ali um uh sort of takes the like the main lead the first couple mm. of episodes but uh, that also comes from from the like fact that i think she was a prefect in her school mm, yeah whatever and, they have in america but yeah, yeah or whatever yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah um and the sort of the there's a sort of established police sort of policing group called the guard which like sort of consist of these um these jocks i guess um but then obviously when it comes to there's a character called harry who you know was sort of uh sort of you know a bit of a king in the school uh but i think that came from a lot of a lot to do with his wealth um and that his whole entire role sort of breaks down when you know money is made redundant because yeah there's that moment isn't there where he's yeah. pulling gold bars out well, of the safe yeah, and his girlfriend's like that doesn't mean just a bit, of metal, That's you know? a bit of metal um so yeah absolutely and you know harry i think is i mean he's actually i think like a complex character but certainly mm. a very good example of somebody who's who's kind of as you say been right at the top he's yeah you know, i mean you've got kind of those sort of standard sort of american high school movie sort of roles as you say you've got you've got you know luke the quarterback uh and his mates and they form the guard and then you've got um uh harry who's the sort of rich pretty one who's kind of um uh with the big house and the maserati and the porsche and and so on Um, yeah but basically nothing else going for him i mean you know that's he feels that he is owed something mm-hmm. but none of that really matters yeah yeah um and i think yeah there's sort of a sort of big narrative around like their privilege is sort of mm. you know these like middle class i think west ham's meant to be a very like affluent town yeah um where you know a lot of the people are very wealthy but suddenly mm. now they have to you know clean and you know mm ration food and it's kind mm. of yeah it's very much suddenly become this sort of socialist um you know society uh yeah absolutely like, you can't really take like everything you want and there is no sort of ownership because you know there are limited resources and mm. there's not a world as far as they know beyond what they have um it was interesting for me kind of re-watching that it actually sort of takes them quite a bit longer yeah. to realise, like in my memory, because I suppose the actual sort of focus points of the the show are sort of on the sort of critical moments. But mm-hmm. actually, when it tells you kind of like how much time has passed and things like that, it takes them quite a long time to yeah. realise that they have to to form some sort of um, order. Um, and you know, Cassandra, I suppose you know, whether she was leader of the school council and so on, she's obviously got mm-hmm. that sort of slightly sort of natural leader but also mm. seen as a bit of a busybody seen as sort of entitled in her role of leadership yeah but she actually kind of like everyone might be saying oh you know why should we do what you say but ultimately she's the one who kind of manages to to convince people yeah and she sort of steps up to that yeah yeah 
and she's the one who sets up sets up the work creators and gets everybody to agree that what they mm. you know that in order to conserve food they can't just go taking it there's i mean actually really disturbing scenes to be honest of like people sort of like supermarket sweep sort of on the the shelves and just like yeah, you know, wrestling each other for like their favorite crap foods or whatever yeah yeah definitely um, sort of, of that time and kind of <laughs> whenever yeah. everyone's piling on like toilet yeah exactly exactly um there's that bit isn't there where there's a boy taking um a whole load of like snacks from the deli and it's like way more than he could like eat himself but just <laughs> i want them so that other people you know don't get them um yeah and there's a bit isn't there with ali talking to l so Ali yes. is the younger sister of Cassandra, the one who's always been in her shadow, but she'll become a central character, um, uh, which we'll discuss in a moment. Um, and Elle, who is the, she's the outsider. She's sort of, she's generally been unlikable. She's yeah. a sort of, you know, ballet dancer. Yeah. Well, I guess she's almost just been sort of shunted as the sort of quiet archetype, which I don't think she's necessarily... I think yeah, I she she seems like a quite a complicated character because she never you know she never really comes into her own like no, she... I mean she's treated like she's a complete bitch, but we're not yeah actually shown that you know it, it it's it's not just that she just doesn't quite fit I suppose and and yeah. comes across a certain way, but she doesn't help herself by taking like bags and bags of the same foods from um the supermarket, and yeah. Ali says to her uh, talks about um this film talks about it with the idea that a capsizing ship um the captain tells everybody to stay in the ballroom and they do and drown except for the few who decide that they're going to you know make their way up to the top or as it were bottom mm -hmm. of the ship um and she's sort of saying you know who are you in this story and that i think is quite a, a question that comes up throughout the whole thing like who are you yeah. going to be in this story um and to start with ali kind of is really in her sister's shadow her sister won't mm -hmm. put her on the committee that they form uh her sister to be fair cassandra like really rallies people to um actually do things that they don't want to do yes. when she sets up work rotors um and she you know she says you know we're going to lock the food down and and going to do communal eating in the cafeteria she manages mm -hmm. to get a universal decision on that yes um, yes she does so you know that's that's quite a positive step um and it does feel for a bit like they've kind of got an idea on sort of um that this sort of form of of socialism um which reminded me a lot of the last of us and the idea of kind of the the communist community there this yeah. idea that with small scale you can do communal living um yes. but the problem is that sharing things does not come easily to those who have had more mm -hmm. um and it's they decide to share houses yes um i mean what did you think about that decision because they basically set it up so that like everyone's sharing the big houses and they're like four or five to a bedroom unless you're a couple in which case you have your own room well i think it's a smart idea in terms of i think the sort of um initiative behind that was to um save you know electricity mm -hmm. and sort of account for any shortages in supplies or mm -hmm. resources that may they may encounter in the future i mean i'm not sure like exactly about the couple thing i guess it makes sense and kind of having a bit more 
um, privacy. I mean, I, I think what's interesting to me is how Campbell and Elle, who mm -hmm. so Campbell's this character who is uh, a cousin of Cassandra and Ali, um, and who is said to be a bit of a psychopath, and mm -hmm. he, like Elle enters a very toxic relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, where he manipulates the people around him and mm. you know he only really cares about himself but they get a whole entire house to themselves um this is because they're sort of said that you know Campbell would just infect things but of course you're right as a consequence mm -hmm. um it allows the abuse that Elle experiences to to come to pass in a way that probably wouldn't have happened if they'd been part of the the yeah. community so I think it yeah. exemplifies something um perhaps important um whilst i i think it is you know in terms of a long-run survival situation is the best idea but mm -hmm. maybe um you know sort of considering when people need individual space is quite mm -hmm. important and where those sort of spaces can be created um because obviously yeah. there's a bit of an issue within sort of the mental health area like I guess that's not really I think Harry becomes a bit of um this sort of character who develops depression which I'm surprised mm -hmm. many other characters aren't really mentioned to have that um yeah but I, you know I think it would have been interesting to see how the show would have explored that further and mm. how like what sort of precautions could be taken I guess you can't really have teenagers becoming therapists in the same way that um, no the I yeah, there is a real, real issue with with that sort of discussion mm -hmm. of mental health, I felt, because mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, I suppose you've got a lot of people who would be unhappy because their situation is an unhappy situation. But there is something also about the way they form community to kind of help each other kind of get through that. And that's sort of a mm -hmm. positive thing about oh, the, yeah. no, nobody becoming isolated and and so on. And even like with the work rotors yeah okay everyone hates the fact that they're having to do manual labor and there's such a feeling that you know oh we know these jobs have to be done but we shouldn't be the sort of people who are uh, having to do them even though you know one of the things i wondered about really was whether the the house sharing and as you say the sort of you know cramped um existence so is the is the push too far there's there's, there's pros and cons aren't there but when people do start to dissent Mm -hmm. it could be a sort of way of maybe taking a bit of pressure off um some of that existence um yeah. having yeah. a bit of space to yourself there's also the sort of other side of that where for example uh will's character um mm. you know doesn't come from a place of money or you know i think he's an orphan and is fostered mm -hmm. among many different homes and he talks a lot about sort of how he's had to survive um on his own whilst everyone else is you know growing up in a very privileged lifestyle and mm -hmm. for him this you know the this event has made his style of living almost better um yeah. which yeah I guess you know there's sort of two sides to it one of the things I thought we might pick up on at this point is just a little bit more about what you were saying about mental health perhaps hmm. before you move on just because I think that they focus on Harry from that perspective yes. and you know on the one hand Harry is highly unsympathetic in many ways yeah. you know he he is uh this terribly uh privileged um mm -hmm. young man who who treats his girlfriend very badly uh yes. who generally is very disparaging about women and about cassandra um and who ends up being really quite pathetic once his sort of status is stripped away yeah. at the same time we also learn that he's dealing a lot with the uh 
loss of his father, the discovery that his mother was having an affair, um, and also develops a a drug habit. Um, so when we see him enter into this depression that is so bad that you know he can't get out of bed it's difficult to sort of entirely, I guess, mm. say he's not responsible for it because he's the one who, um, I suppose, you know, instantly j- uh, turns to turns to the drugs that he then can't kick. But it is tough yeah. to watch in a way because, you know, when when that you've got basically, if you don't work, then you don't eat or your rations are, are docked if you don't work. Yeah, Physical health yeah. seems to be accommodated there's a girl who has like a cold or whatever and uh, is evidently ill and that's fine but then that mental health isn't although as you say if everybody's basically in a bad place you just have to put the benchmark somewhere really different Um, yeah yeah that's true I mean how much of Harry's mental health do you think is derivative of his drug habit because it's really hard to tell isn't it I think it's Interesting where so Campbell is the supplier of this mm. drugs to Harry. A, where is he sourcing mm. these from? Because I, I think they're in this situation for definitely a couple months. Um, oh, well, like at least a third of a year, I think over like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, years. I mean it. And um, there's a sort of pharmacy and stuff. But again, I think it's one of those things that isn't necessarily open to the public to just go and take things. Yeah, so. again, that's not really very clear, is it? Because they sort of. Cassandra needs her heart medication and we sort of see them trying to break in and I think we can only assume that basically they do eventually manage to access all the pharmaceuticals um, and presumably Campbell nicks whatever it is we don't ever learn Mm. what it is that he's um, um, giving to Harry as a kind of pick-me-up but he's basically controlling that that supply and whether that's because he is the sort of pre-existing drug dealer among them which Mm -hmm. I think is quite likely um or whether it's because he actually does have a long game in terms of manipulating Harry I'm not sure we ever we ever quite um know but yeah I just I thought that it was interesting that you know they sort of handle a bit about being physically ill they have a wheelchair user among the do they kids yes there is a wheelchair user but nothing is ever covered about how <laughs> they do or don't accommodate um that person's needs yeah. um though I think good representation on um how to be good friends with a deaf person because yes. actually I think the um the way in which ASL and um English are kind of incorporated into the um the show consistently yes. um for communicating with Sam um actually just not really made a big thing of but just mm-hmm. it just sort of exists and yeah it's it's good and I think also the development of uh Grizz's and Sam's sort of relationship is really yeah sweet. I mean I think the a bit of like the commentary on like queerness um mm-hmm. that sam experiences and almost his like isolation because yeah he's really the only person out there who yeah like actually the only gay in the village kind yeah. of situation you yeah, know and, and also i think something on that sort of toxicity that grizz intended to come out when he went to college he wanted mm. to get away and i think he says at one point doesn't he at prom i think that yeah. he basically never intended to be in touch with any of his yeah. high school friends again because obviously they've got this toxic masculine culture mm-hmm. um and then he's stuck with them and 
Sam in turn in a very complex situation because he stays loyal to Becca, pretending to be the yes. father of Becca's baby. I think um, it's an interesting decision for Sam. I mean, this is less about mm. the dystopian. You just generally felt like, yeah. you know, considering character motivations, mm. but why Sam didn't sort of just confess to Grizz alone that he was... Yeah, and I think it is through loyalty to Becca because she's got such a, yeah. a big hang-up about it. But yeah. talking about kind of like the dystopian element, I think that there is something here about all of those... When you can't make a fresh start, they've got this opportunity to make a completely new society, to do something different where they treat each other better and so on. Yeah. You can't get rid of those kind of hang-ups that, that yeah. pre-exist, whether it be the homophobia or whether it be mm. the stigma attached to... Yeah. Um, having a baby after a one night stand the huge issue of the loss of of choice it would appear yeah. that you know without any way to have a safe termination um at least that's what we're sort of led to believe that becca is basically lumbered with this this pregnancy yeah. um so you know there are, are things there that i think you know definitely make this this a, a much worse place to exist but also just equally as bad as life in small town america was before yeah so we've talked about a little bit about kind of cassandra as a character um and um harry as a character so harry previous top dog now reduced to this kind of depressed drug addict cassandra with a good group of people around her but very much a kind of um clearly in control and not necessarily very popular for that but making good decisions um but cassandra gets shot yes um we have essentially a sort of uh an assassination of the leader uh mm. effectively um with all the destabilization that that um causes mm-hmm. um and a subsequent attempt at as kind of forensic and investigation as can be done with no expertise and and so on and a trial and a conviction um trial by jury and a sentencing by ali who basically steps into the shoes of her sister with the support of the others essentially i think i mean you were questioning it a bit but i think the idea is that it's about continuity isn't it she's basically saying these are cassandra's rules i'm not doing anything new of course she does do new things but to start with i'm just enforcing what my sister did. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how Ali inherits. Well, well, we were sort of saying how she just inherits Cassandra's role based off the mm. fact that they are sisters, mm. and that sort of, you know, I, I, you know, there is a bit of involvement from other people. I think there was a pre-established committee that Cassandra, yeah, was sort of yeah, set up that's right, yeah. decided that Ali was the best person for the job. Mm. Um, but I think I don't know. I think that's just a sort of weird place to base things mm. off because. I don't think just because, you know, as a, you know, symbolism of Ali mm. being Cassandra's sister and therefore the sort of rightful inheritors lead like this leadership role that Ali necessarily has the skill set to lead. It's very children of men, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, cousin picking up the old coronation rig. Yes. I yes. think that one of the positives, though, and perhaps something that is one of the reasons is that Ali really doesn't want to be leader Cassandra I think naturally did kind of want that and stepped into that role and so on Ali doesn't want it and in some senses many people might say well that's actually what makes her good at it she kind of does it out of a sense of of 
of duty of yeah. uh, the request of others and so on she changes in that obviously and she discusses mm -hmm. that quite a bit but um one of the things that obviously happens is we really get an insight into the the weight of this job as it weighs yes. down on yeah, her yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I think is particularly complex is this idea about how to maintain the rule of law when you have no no legal system per se. Yeah, a little bit like, well, she has to sort of become a bit iron fisted, I would mm. say, um, especially in relation to, so as the plot sort of progresses, mm. they track down the like who the murderer of Cassandra was mm. um, through the confession of a boy called Dewey to harry mm -hmm. and this is sort of all um in relation to i mean as you were saying these sort of pre-established um sort mm. of beliefs homophobia mm. and kind of uh, misogynism yeah that really I, big misogynistic yes. rant by the pool isn't there yeah yeah, um, yeah you know and i guess dewey could fall into that sort of archetype of a bit of like an incel yeah i um, thought that as well when he actually yeah. says you know why you know whatever he says about her yeah, being she had it coming yeah. or something whatever yeah. or sort of you know uses yeah the bitches yeah. who are like you know controlling us and so and it yeah. has that very strong flavor of that doesn't it and he is you know he's a little bit of a sort of weaselly little loser <laughs> that nobody really noticed and everyone's really quite surprised because they thought it would be somebody yeah. you know one of the kind of major characters and it's very sort of you know considering that they're all teenagers in the final year of secondary school sort of mm. I guess you know school shootery kind of mm. vibe I don't know uh, didn't you find I, I still can't get over it that thing that like every time a, a gun sounds yeah they all like drop get on the floor yeah in the cafeteria we know that that is literally That's... you know, yeah, they're trained crazy. in that, yeah. and it it just comes up over and over in in the show. So we forget how different that is from yeah, um, yeah. That's not something we're really British <laughs> culture. No, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so with Dewey, I think that there's something quite admirable about the community when they endeavour to hold a fair trial. Yeah, and Ali really pushes for that. She does, you know, that that Helena much against her will has to represent um and does represent you know yeah. does make a sort of real effort i think to to represent dewey um uh, with gordy kind of acting for the the prosecution yeah. with the sort of gun evidence such mm. as it is well i think this is also sort of i I'm, i mean in terms of helena and ali and their trial i think this is mm. where ali sort of first has a bit of a turn where she does almost fall into that manipulative role of a leader mm. where she sort of says to helena oh whatever happens to him is as much on your head yeah. like whether you yeah. decide to do it or not yeah because she asks um you know because since dewey needs a lawyer a representative mm. she asks helen to step into that role though she mm. does not want to i suppose again it you know there's that feeling that it has to be somebody who is i guess sufficiently smart and sufficiently au okay fait with you know debating and things like that to be able to stand up to Gordy, who is obviously also one of the sort of yeah. most academic of the um, the students. So, um, mm. you know, it, it does make sense. But you're right, there is something quite tough about it. But I suppose it's the same in a way as sort of making people essentially do jury service and things. It's sort yeah. of saying, you know, they have a civic responsibility. And so many dystopian sort of situations with kind of, a, 
even a temporary authoritarian leader the way that you might say that that Ali is because she's you know she's sort of governing by general consent but not by election we often sort of see this assumption that kind of the trial by jury will will fall away and there actually is quite a lot of discussion about how that sort of maintained the idea that you have to arrest somebody with a charge with evidence you can't hold them otherwise you know there's a sort of you know quite a quite a like inherent sense of of justice among this sort of group of of kids which is something i would hope yeah. you know education does do for for people of that age yeah. i mean jimmy obviously does confess to the court in the end he's already yeah. been found guilty by that point um by this jury of his peers um and then ali spends three days i think contemplating what she is going to do during which time they are using a wine cellar as a prison cell which is obviously Mm. you know it's not ideal because it has no toilet facilities uh it has glass doors and things like that you know it's it's not terrible but it's not great but it does give us one of the examples of when the guard um start to manipulate their power because it's clark isn't it who um who beats Dewey up. Now that comes up in the trial, but isn't really given very much due consideration. Yeah. I mean, it again sort of comes up with um, Lexi's interrogation. It does, yeah. Where it's this sort of abuse of power and mm. really how are, well, how in this sort of society do you control the sort of police? Well, I, you know, Lexi accuses Ali of sort of creating this police state, whereas, you know, but it, it consists of five men who, you know, that I think is one problem is you know that yeah. they it is an all male police force which in the circumstances um when um Lexi gets her period and they make her change in front of yeah. them it's pure abuse of, of mm-hmm. power and um uh, trying to intimidate um likewise with Dewey's beaten up the fact that there's no one else mm-hmm. there to basically stop Clark, stop Clark doing yeah. what he's doing one of the things I definitely think happens is that like that Ali doesn't keep a close enough control yeah. on the guard i mean i guess how would she really do that um i mean because i think lexi sort of comes up to ali afterwards saying this is what's happened to me what are you going to mm. do about it and yeah. ali sort of dismisses her saying oh you know there are people out here who are getting sick etc etc mm. and sort of dismisses mm. ali's uh, not ali's lexi's experiences mm. but i guess what is she really meant to do because you know, she's sort of like, oh, we're going to train up more people to join the yeah. guard. I mean, what, uh, what, what can you, but... what can you ever do? I mean, I suppose it raises yeah. a question, isn't it? You know, if you're going to have a police force, and we know, I mean, in America, but also very much in this country, you know, a real difficulty in enforcing standards among the police because you're giving people power, um, which then they seem more liable to abuse, whether that's mm-hmm. with respect to um, the shooting of suspects in the states uh mm-hmm. the abuse of prisoners as we see in this show or uh the sort of sexual power that um police officers often seem to to wield over victims as well i mean there's all sorts there isn't there about um you know the sort of the arguments behind defund the police and the racial issues in in um, america and perhaps in this country particularly i mean as well as the racism we have these issues of misogyny among the police force yeah so i suppose you have to have robust systems essentially of being able to remove your police officers if they don't follow a certain code that you know mm-hmm. if they commit a criminal act i suppose the problem is the fact that ali has got very limited choices 
yeah. around her. But it does backfire. You know, eventually yeah. it's the it's the guard who who lead. Well, they don't lead. They think they're leading. I think yes. <laughs> a coup against her. So this yeah. is an issue. Um, but perhaps before we come on to that, we should talk about what happens to Dewey. So after her deliberations, Ali decides that. Uh, strongly encouraged by those around her that there is no alternative but to execute Dewey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess this is the big sort of issue within, well, not issue, but what, you know, the the weight that Ali carries as a leader, she sort of talks mm-hmm. about how even though there are other people who she discusses her decisions with, at the end of the day, she's responsible for what happens mm-hmm. and what takes place, and that's how the rest of the society that they live in will see it. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so she decides that the death sentence is what is correct for Dewey, um, and that's what his sentence will be. And I think we're talking about how really quite powerful that scene is. I guess it's different when the death sentence is given in the real world compared to now, because they talk about how all of them have grown up with Dewey and how he was in their Mm -hmm. statistics classes or... You know, they'd known him as a kid and now they're executing him. Mm-hmm. But there's also on the other side of that, how how come Dewey didn't have that sort of same... Yeah, oh, Cassandra. About was, Cassandra, yeah. yeah Cassandra. I mean, he's, yeah. we're sort of given the impression that he kind of acted because Harry said, you know, yeah. he made allusions to, to killing um, Cassandra. But yeah, I mean, as you say, it's, it, we're not... I don't think we're told whether they are... Obviously, we're not told what state they're based in um this this town but so we don't know whether that state has the death penalty but obviously they're in a country where a number of states um have the death penalty mm-hmm. and so in that sense i suppose it's a little bit more close to home perhaps than it would be for uk audience because yeah. it's such a long time since we've had the death penalty in this country or certainly that the death penalty has been applied in this country yeah. but um i suppose we're also made to think well this is a different sort of situation isn't it? what else can they do they have no mm. prison facility no prison i'm not quite sure why they don't have a prison facility do they they, they, they find a police car but i'm guessing they don't have a police station we never told that there's yeah i'm not really cells sure. or whatever i mean who um, what, you know but also it's the sort of resources spent into guarding yeah. the prisoners yeah or, yeah yeah, yeah I, guess, I don't know yeah. that's yeah that's... absolutely i mean i think that that's that's part of the issue and then i mean i think i would be tempted to sort of um exile him but their point is well they haven't got the resources to defend their borders either yeah, so borders, yeah. you know um yeah it's difficult i mean as somebody who's you know, uh, deeply against the death penalty but when you're presented with this sort of scenario yeah it's easy to see and they you know they discuss this at length don't they you know um helena helena weird kind of character you know the the kind of yeah. christian preacher on the one hand um you know no sex before marriage or engagement anyway and uh, all the sort of thing um knowing her bible and so on but then yeah. the other side where she's like I'm keeping my gun and then yeah. the, she's anti-death penalty. Very odd. Yeah. Um, very typical kind of certain American view, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the actual, of course, killing of Dewey is made really difficult for the viewer because, you know, they put this sort of system in place where two of the guns contain blanks and only one yes, of them has one. um real bullets in. So they no won't one, know which yeah. of the three of them, act- which of the three of the guard actually uh, killed Dewey. Ever confirmed who killed? Because I... No, no I it's okay. not. But of course, they, they all think 
that they, they did. All think they did um yeah. you know oh i definitely didn't have blanks in my gun so it has a really bad impact on the executioners um grizz can't even go through with it or he yeah. fires the first time they all miss dewey's still alive and then um ali has to step in and, and do it herself which he might say she should perhaps have done anyway rather than putting it on somebody else but yeah i don't know it's it's horrible <laughs> really yeah. horrible I mean, he does actually have quite a clean death once they finally get as far as killing yeah. him. But uh, there's no reason why that should actually happen since they're blatantly all terrible shots. Yes. <laughs> so... Easy. Yeah, um, yeah. They were standing really far away. I was just like, that's it's quite impressive because you do hit them, to be honest. Because <laughs> all of them like, oh, we don't know how to use a gun. We don't know how to mm. use a gun. Yeah. And of course, the person who does know how to use a gun there is Helena. And yeah. she won't do it because she doesn't agree with what they do and also because she's acting as this kind of chaplain role as well yeah Um, Yeah. i think yeah and then the sort of again coming back to the mental health consequences does have mm. quite uh an impact on yeah the executioners i I mean like what's interesting to me is that no one thinks about sort of taking their own life and i know that's a very sort of dark you are right that that again it it fits in although again i suppose that there is something that although it's never explicit there is something deliberately perhaps in place in terms of community by being in each other's pockets and so on perhaps that acts as a bit of a preventative Um, but um, yes I think that the only person who alludes to it is perhaps Elle um, in her situation of domestic abuse um, after she manages to poison everybody with with antifreeze and a greatly exciting oh no, where is the pumpkin pie that's going to kill everybody (laughs) scene? Um, And again, you know, had Elle successfully killed Campbell, then what would be the... What would have happened, exactly. I mean, she has these evident mitigating circumstances. Um, He tries to drown her. She's covered in um, cigarette burns and um, and so on. He kills the dog. No, um, Although, yeah. but again, also dog turns up in this like dog turns end. up in the uh, yeah. So maybe he doesn't kill the dog, or maybe it goes through, or maybe there are parallel dogs. Parallel yeah, dog. fair point. Yeah, we're never told for definite that he kills the dog. We're just given that strong impression, aren't we? Um. So yeah, and again, that's an interesting one because Campbell does all these things. Mm. He is not arrested for domestic abuse. When he is arrested, it's because Dewey implicates him, but there's no evidence. Um, and Sam is particularly, along with some of the others, say that because he is a known psychopath who has these kind of behavioural issues from the past, um, he should be confined. But yes. Ali says, you know, he hasn't committed a crime. Yeah. There's no evidence against him, which I think is fair. But yeah, obviously it sort of comes back to explode in their face later on. Um, but you can't really confirm someone without them having committed. No. But that's the thing, I guess, with the whole entire L situation. Mm. It's like, why didn't they send the guard after him? Like I, And I think even though Ali was sort of, you know, was a better leader in some aspects than others, I think she did the right thing by... I guess also sort of respecting Al's privacy is like in the election. And that's of course the real problem, isn't it? Because yeah. by by saying she's been arrested rather than she's been put in protective custody, which yeah. is actually you know the sort of more technical yeah. way of looking at it. That's yeah, that's right. It looks like she you know is is just taking power into her own hands in terms of who yeah. she arrests and so on. I think that one of the things that really comes through is this idea that when there is poor communication when things are done in secret which 
somebody mentions, I can't remember who it is, somebody on the committee mentions, you know, that things shouldn't be done in, in secret. secret yeah. um, and it's when that sort of thing happens that, that everything starts to, to fall apart. Yeah, to fall apart. Um, that might lead us on nicely then to sort of the the final change in in power as it were and the deeply unsatisfactory end to uh this this season but on the one hand we have this sort of really important step which is the one where they realize that they're running out of of supplies and they are yes. going to have to find farmland um and grizz as our resident outdoor specialist also interesting literary mind also genuinely cute gay guy i think that he has loads going for him but yeah, um <laughs> off grizz goes and they they do find this land but while they are absent we have this sort of seismic shift yeah brought about by the the various i suppose uh points of tension that have been reached but also the opportunity given because ali says that she's been in charge for five months and she now feels that if she's going to ask them to do more hard things then it has to be as their elected leader um so yeah what do you think of the sort of the election setup and uh and lexi and and harry so well i think it was interesting that ali initially sort of was against calling this election and 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 that was a part of the discussion about where um she initially rejected this sort mm. of taking on of power but then ended up wanting it more or I guess feeling like you know no one else could really do the same job that she was doing after she was carrying the legacy that Cassandra had left behind. Sometimes it starts off with like her not wanting it and then you feel like she kind of wants the power but then there is something within that that isn't about power it is literally about the fact that it is yeah that she kind of feels like no one else can really do the job Mm -hmm. or has the experience to do so and I think Mm -hmm. she makes some good points so once so Lexi is one of the people who kind of comes about and wants to run for there's mm. you know there's four council positions and one mayor, mayor position mm. um and she she sort of steps up after she feels like she experienced an indus- an, an injustice um mm. by her treatment by the guard and also uh well during the Thanksgiving episode uh she also performs a sort of political piece within yeah she takes the improv in the direction of sort of satirizing um yeah i mean Ali. I, I, which i was like i think you know people have a right to do that mm-hmm. uh I, you know she, but i i also think you know it was i mean it was actually quite interesting to see her being like oh that's just the way that the improv went and i was like oh but <laughs> I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was sort of it was largely poor, in poor taste wasn't yeah, it yeah it was in poor taste yeah. i think rather than Mm. anything but yeah no I uh I think but you know it should have been I think you know people should have a right to express their unsatisfaction with the way mm. that things are being run but yeah so you, she sort of basically fans this fire of mm. um frustration and unhappiness that people experience within the community as we're discussing due to sort of taking on all of this manual labor and having to share their spaces with other people and sort of losing out on a lot of the I guess privileges they had and but right and then as you were saying sort of the same thing that's going on here about the Tories and like mm. get the Tories out but not necessarily yeah. coming up with any policies themselves. yeah because she very much sort of says you know 
you can't vote for Harry because he's just interested in himself and his yes. rich friends and getting his, you know, access to his stuff back. And yes. then you can't vote uh, for Ali for all the reasons you've just said. But yeah. she doesn't posit any, any alternatives. Sort of like we, yeah, no, she doesn't say what she stands for, yeah. which is kind but... of an issue in her argument as well. And, you know, it kind of turns out that she's also very easily manipulated when Campbell mm. comes along and stage the sort of coup uprising against mm-hmm. Ali and against democracy and uh you know Harry and Lexi become these sort of puppet leaders mm-hmm. I'd say and also just sort of yeah I mean and as well as the guards sort of involvement in that it also really demonstrates how you know they have power due to their literal physical like physique mm-hmm. and they talk about the dark ages and about how you know, yes. they're back in the dark ages and that at the end of the day, it's kind of whoever's the strongest and most yeah. is yeah. really going to be kind of on top for society. Mm. And I think that when they're out in the out on the expedition as well, they have a conversation, mm. don't they, about whether they'll, you know, be reduced to eating each other. And Grizz is yeah. like, no, chaos will break out before that. Well, we'll have all killed each other before we get around to, like, strategically yeah. eating one another. Yeah, well, which I guess is also puts a lot of pressure on the expedition group to find it does and i have to say i really sympathize when they're lying out in their fields having just yeah, eaten their like, trout or whatever yeah. and chased the turkeys and they're just like you know can't we just stay out here <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's a great yeah, time yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no exactly i mean yeah i mean exactly that and it's sort of you know i think Riz says he enjoys the quiet and the peace mm-hmm. um but yeah no i i'm I, it's interesting to me like what can be like gotten away with when for example Luke basically lies about what he overheard Ali and yeah. Will talking about yeah. and how quick everyone I think there was that one character gosh what was her name the girl who stands up at the end he's like Gretchen Gretchen yeah yeah big, big up Gretchen good for her mm. but you know she's like I think you're lying and yeah you know, that sort of yeah I, I, again I, I well um, it's easy for me to sit here as the audience and sort of mm um sort of say with you know we're having seen this like dramatic irony being like knowing what was going on behind the scenes yeah. like, obviously they're they're you know making making this up but it's it's a hard I guess and again it's sort of Lexi being able to manipulate people's feelings to like support her movement is you know I guess very representative of what Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they they take something very simple, the idea that they were somehow going to rig the election for which there's, yeah. you know, no evidence one way or the other. It's all just hearsay. Yeah. Well, um, and I guess again that's that thing of like his they talk a lot about it's his word against mine, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But then then that sort of thing happens where it literally is Luke's word. Yeah, absolutely. What, why I, is everyone And I think that, you know, Luke is manipulated into it by this sort of peer pressure situation isn't he um and then he manages to manipulate Helena into believing him because of their like trying to save their relationship um there's a lot of weak characters there which again I think brings us back to this idea that you know Ali may not be a perfect leader in many ways but there is definitely I think we can agree that nobody else presents themselves really who who could do a better yeah job. it's competent really yeah I think I can't remember who says it but it's something about uh, I think something said to Lexi about you know eventually when she wins the election she has mm. no plan like she's mm. gonna get strung up by the mob as it like an yeah. 
soon. Um, which is I think exactly it might be that. Ali when they have their meeting, when Ali's just trying to, I can't remember, but there is a bit where um, Ali is basically saying to her, you know, you need to know that this mm. is, you know, the situation, this is how much food we have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that there is definitely a very strong sort of, you know, feeling that we often, I suppose, you know, you, you see with the with any electorate where people are like, we don't like the way things are, but they don't necessarily think what would happen if yeah. so yeah, you know like, yeah, we, do, we don't that. we don't like um we don't like europe we're going to vote for brexit <laughs> oh we haven't got any european workers in our nhs you know this mm. it's like those those consequences haven't been thought through and it's the same thing you know we don't like litter everywhere but we're not going to sweep it up we don't like it you know people hoarding food but we're not going to have a food rationing system yeah. um and i guess in a way, I felt that, you know, if Ali, obviously we see this idea, you know, she's removed or whatever, she she might actually be vindicated beyond the end of the, uh, the sort of show as we see it, assuming that they're not actually going to execute her. I don't think that it's kind of going that direction. I think that, you know, all that's going to happen is that Lexi and Harry will be stuck with the situation where they have to live yeah. through a harsh winter they have to farm yeah. the land manually they have like none of the skill set to do so well so i think you know ali has a very sort of strong core to mm. support and also the people around her you know yeah. that as well isn't it whereas um it's going to cause sort of civil breakdown i guess a civil yeah. war you know, yeah. when gordy is not telling becca and sam what's going on after they've had their baby and they're just like we don't know why nobody's sent us congratulations message and it's like oh because you know the shit's hit the fan out there but i'm yeah. not going to tell you, <laughs> you yeah. so i suppose the the one kind of thing that happens you know uh, uh, behind all of that is that we've got campbell behind the scenes yeah somebody who nobody trusts nobody would elect and yet he was able to kind of manipulate those manipulate his way around his him. Power, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been very interesting to see where the story would have gone, but unfortunately... That, yeah. No, well, as you were saying, you know, if we're maybe going to get a graphic novel, or even if there's any sort of fanfic out there or whatever, I'm sure people have given some thought as to the direction it would go. But yeah. certainly, it, you know, it does raise some really interesting questions about kind of what decisions perhaps a group of young people brought up with certain expectations then would you know, view about society. And this thing that Ali comes back to a number of times, which is basically, you know, perhaps we were given this, maybe they're there because of something their parents did. Mm. Maybe oh, yeah. it's not a punishment of them, it's a punishment of their parents, or maybe yes, it's so yeah. that they can I mean, do better than their parents yes. did. I mean, I think what we were talking about before, well, I was reading up a couple of theories online about mm. how, so, you know, towards the end, they work out that, there was we forgot to mention that part of the plot mm. was the, in their town before they left there was a smell the which, smell yeah the smell not explained at all but the smell the smell remover it's all a bit of a plot point but um yeah basically they sort of after digging around they find out that um that you know the the, the parents sort of mayor of the town refused to pay the the smell extractor to mm. get rid of the smell and that part of that was, was consequence was the, the 
you know them basically being kidnapped this you know alternate reality reality alternate reality mm-hmm. and the guy that i think there's some pictures that they sort of look at that's which, right in the like in the background it's like crazy little yeah, guy crazy little guy in a hat uh which is crazy it took that long to notice he was there because even oh, i but I, he's just a bus driver yeah. you see nobody notices the poor bus driver um yeah no he was he's this sort of character called pfeiffer who you know was apparently he was yeah, in conversation with um the leaders of this town about mm. removal and stuff and he takes a sort of like acts you know the theory is he acts you know a revenge upon the town by mm-hmm. taking their children away um, and I was saying how um, many people on the internet sort of consider it a bit of a twist on the Pied Piper story. Mm. Um, I really like this. I hadn't come yeah. thought of this at all, but yeah, Pied Piper, yeah it's Piper. yeah, it's <laughs> good. And certainly that idea of yes, of, of stealing away the children or whatever yeah. is a, it's a good fake tale metaphor, kind of given a bit yeah. of a, a twist here. Um, yeah, although you know, I think the idea that somebody would you know steal your children into a parallel <laughs> universe for a one point five million crazy, dollar contract. But yeah, they're all like yeah. you call up the government with new like what's yeah, going on. Yeah, there's a lot of Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that, you know, definitely kind of comes out of, of all of this is that yes, on the one hand, you've got all these people who are sort of saying, you know, their lives have been taken away from them mm. and things like that. They've been made to grow up so fast and and so on. But there are actually characters who who really, as it were, you know, make the absolute most of the opportunities that are given to them. And yeah. we talk particularly about perhaps Gordy and Kelly. Gordy um, and Kelly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I should say their, their sort of um, decision that, you know, I think it's a couple of times they said, we still have a library, we still have books, and yeah. that they're going to, you know, train train themselves as medics because that's what's necessary. Um, yeah. And they're lucky in a way that it's a straightforward birth for, um, for Becca. Oh, yeah. um, oh, the scene where the baby isn't breathing, I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'd literally, I was, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a like that's that the second right. thing I've watched this week where a baby has been delivered and apparently isn't breathing. <laughs> and it was the second time I was ready for it. I was like, come on, tap its feet. <laughs> I know all about this now. Yeah, I mean, just generally that idea that you know you can either sort of feel overwhelmed by a a really bad situation mm. you can ignore it or you can actually kind of like try and make the place yeah. better for other people also crazy yeah. crazy experience they've got going on Gordy and kelly come back to the real world be like basically trained ourselves and they did a little she did like an iv she did and again I mean uh, you know and I thought that was quite nicely done because you know she basically like basically stabbing away in in the arm until she does actually get the vein Mm. um good veins I thought I uh, I I apparently have good veins whenever I have blood taken (laughs) people I say oh you've got good veins so I was admiring (laughs) the veins and thinking well you're lucky (laughs) otherwise she'd have been stabbing away all over the place but um yeah you know I think that it is something about basically saying this is a terrible situation and of course especially with sort of the med side of things it could go horribly wrong but it would go even worse if we don't do anything yeah and that i felt was you know it's quite indicative and you know again with with grizz leading his his expedition they're all going out there knowing that the last time they went out yeah okay maybe they weren't prepared but somebody died and he's got to sort of step up and and sort of do it's like i suppose you know it's like being in the military or something and and doing sort of these dangerous and unpleasant tasks because yeah. they're required of you um so yeah and it's those who are self-centered and those yeah. who are perhaps quite 
stupid or think oh I could do better than rather than you know I'm going to educate myself or whatever that that don't come across so well that said of course at the end of the 10 weeks we've got a psychopath running a puppet government (laughs) mainly uh sort of following a a military coup um (laughs) And the only positive is that they found a field with some turkeys in it. Um, so who knows? But yeah, I think the reason I like this show is definitely because, yeah, okay, it's weird, but there's also something about the sort of the constant what would you do sort of situation yeah. that plays out in this sort of like really weird scenario. But actually it's exactly the same as the sort of, you know, what are the things that matter to you um, with regards to, I don't know, property law or um food equality or um you know the ideas of of people's role in government and those sorts of things you can play that play that out um uh while as you say there's also the sort of slight kind of mystery of smell slash bus slash weird solar eclipse (laughs) and so on what's Um, going on did you have any takeaways from them oh um for me i guess it was sort of i guess it's a bit of a commentary about like not necessarily the human condition, but a bit about like what people prioritize and sort of the lengths that they'll go to despite their yeah. sort of situation. And well, I don't know, like I guess as someone who I well, I consider myself like very left orientating mm. sort of like political stance, mm. but you know, have you know I don't know how accurate the idea that sort of these teenagers don't necessarily have the foresight to see that are probably rationing and you know mm. sort of sharing housing and putting in communal work is for the greater good I think there's a lot that talks about what we owe to each other and the mm. sort of I, especially now there's a sort of I don't know owe anything anyone anything mental mm. health at the moment but yeah. in this situation I guess you know people do owe each other mm. yeah, a lot and I don't know maybe to sort of taking that as a takeaway message and sort of yeah. what achieved as a collective um even though you know it sort of starts going a bit wrong in the end um but yeah and- but the very fact that we're left thinking it's going wrong makes us think it would be better if yeah. um doesn't yeah. it um exactly and yeah i guess it's put in a harsh microcosm isn't it when the things that need to be done are basically cleaning and cooking and work yeah. manual work and things like that um but i guess it also tells us some of the limitations of what has actually happened with historical communism for example and the authoritarian authoritarian leaders and uh, again you know the power of the police as a little bit of a sort of potential reflection on that mm. um and also something i think about the the disadvantages of like a planned economy and basically saying you know this person needs to do this job and this person needs to do this job rather than sort of relying on kind of market forces but in this situation in which they're in i'm not sure that there's a another solution to that but it does of course create dissatisfaction so um i suppose if we were to take this to something bigger um then it would raise other questions about what workers will and won't do yeah but as you say in the circumstances it does give us a good message about kind of acting for the greater good and not Mm. not being a harry um essentially so yeah okay well we will be back in two weeks time with what did we say oh yes a clockwork orange (laughs) um so uh we'll see you at the beginning of february for that um 
In the meantime, please do follow Dystopian Fiction Current Affairs on Instagram, where you will find links to our website, book recommendations, updates about other things that we are doing, um, and also uh, the links to our sister project, beingsociety.com. If you'd like to make a donation to cover our costs and keep us free from the horrible world of corporate advertising, mm -hmm. uh, then you'll also find our coffee uh, link there. Um, be much appreciated. Ooh, okay. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye.